Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. Hi, Property Sourcing Profits crew, Team PSP. Anyone out there who's looking to earn money by sourcing deals for investors through property, I'm super, super excited. I've got a wonderful guest. I've been waiting for weeks and weeks to get this guest on my podcast because he's built a super deal packaging business from scratch, from nothing. Uh, And there's going to be people uh, listening to this episode who will want to do that too. So I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm going to give my introduction now to the wonderful Sam Spencer. Yay! (laughs) Thank you. Welcome, Sam. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, delighted to have you on. We've got a property professional team on the podcast episode this afternoon. So, Sam, um, deal packaging. Yes. Um, Did you get out of bed one day and think, do you know what? I want to be a deal packager. Is that how it rolled? Not really. No, not really. Um, my background's actually a physiotherapist. Interesting. So I'm a physiotherapist by trade. I worked in professional football for a while. Right. I then joined a startup business. Um, there was three of us at the time. I was there for about eight years, and it went from nothing to massive in eight years. So to give you ideas, I was part of an initial three. We had 400 physiotherapists. 350 clinics nationwide, 250 admin staff, three head offices around the UK. Wow. So naturally, when you're one of the first in, whether you want to or not, you're pushed into a management position. So I was head of a department, had 50-odd staff, um, traveled the world, you know, uh, as you do because of the responsibilities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And if I'm honest with you, I thought I'd made it to an extent. You know, I earn a good salary good house, good holidays, but you live to your means, don't you? And almost you're shackled to that role. And then to cut a long story short, um, I found out we were being restructured and my role was up for redundancy. Oh, right. So right up to that second, I thought it was your business, Sam. No, it's not my business. So oh, right. although I had some shares in the business, yes. I was it started and I was one of the th- first three people who was asked to join the business. Yeah. So I grew with it. We then got bought out by a big corporate company, restructured, rolls up for redundancy. And it happened really horribly. And I don't know, yeah. you know, if if anybody's been made redundant or knows somebody who's been made redundant yeah. or has that fear because of the marketplace is that way at the moment. And the feeling's horrible of the kick in the teeth, the 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 I'm not good enough, the I've let people down because I've got to go home and tell my family that I haven't got that job anymore, the feeling you'll lose everything. And at that point, I decided that I wouldn't ever let anybody else control my emotions moving forward or my financial um, future, which is then I fell upon Progressive randomly on Facebook. Is that how it happened? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. So what did I, you see of video? I saw Anne Holton. Anne Holton? Yes. Of all people. Okay. So I watched a video of Anne Holton on, on Facebook, and I thought, I'll pay the 20 quid and get the book, but I got a free ticket to Masopi. Yeah, it, it's how it rolls. Yeah, so right. I attended Masopi in, I think it was March 2017. I then went on the masterclass with Anne yeah, in yeah. about May, June 2017, yeah. Yeah. which I met my business partner on as well. 
He was on the same. He was on the same masterclass. The same masterclass. So for those of you out there in um, property sourcing profits land, um, MSOPI, Multiple Streams of Property Income Event, is a three-day event run by Progressive Property, which is sort of gives you a whole menu, a smorgasbord of um, property strategies that are current and working today. And Sam went to that event. Uh, you know, I trod that path. I went to that event back in 2014. Mm. And uh, then he went and sat the masterclass at Progressive, which is the heart and soul. The heart and soul of the Progressive community is masterclass and VIP. So um, he went and did the masterclass, which is an interesting training, Sam, because I would say it's somewhere between a level and a university degree. It's not university degree, but it's 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 more than a level. What do you? It's think? an intense four days. Yeah, most definitely, and uh, it's pretty mind blowing. I'm honest, it was a fantastic course. I um, mean, it was my first, I was already a landlord accidentally, um, but it was my first real insight into what was possible. What happened? How did you, you become an accidental landlord? I, I bought a house that I lived in, right. and then my now wife moved in with me. Fab. And um, fortunately, unfortunately, um, we had a couple of people pass away, left us an inheritance, and we decided to buy a house together. But I was... I suppose emotionally attached to my first house I had by myself and I was hell bent on keeping it and I still have it to this day, which I oh, rent wow. out. I still cool. rent that out. It's very happy memories in your first house. It's a very happy memory. When you were yeah. single, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll park that. Um, so um, you've come out of the physiotherapy business, a bit shaken up because I've been there, you know, I've been there, I walk that walk. And um, you feel a bit down, your confidence mm. is dented. doesn't matter how resilient yeah, you exactly. are. Came along to Progressive and you decided that property is something that could change your life, that you were interested in, that you could make money from. Well, where, where was it in your sort of hierarchy at that point? Well, as I said, I already had a property. I already, already, already had an interest in property, but I had a lot of the preconceived opinions that I think a lot of other people have, i.e. you have to be rich to start in property. You've got to have lots yeah. and lots of money to be a property investor. And when I came to Masopian Masterclass, all of my perceptions were myths. They were all interesting. my own perceptions of yeah. what I assumed were right when they were wrong. So don't get me wrong, I didn't go from my physiotherapy profession into property. I got another job. I did get another job, um, but less hours, less responsibilities to allow me to start implementing some of the things I learned. Oh, so you're all in. I mean, Jeff, yeah. it definitely tempted you to you know, yeah, move so towards so, Yeah, so obviously I got made redundant. I got another job within physiotherapy, right. knowing that that was never my long-term thing. It was... As soon as I saw the possibilities of, and I think one of the main things training did for me is it gave me belief. The education's fine, and you need education, but the level of belief I got from seeing people that were doing it, it gave me belief that I could do it too. Right. And I think it, it set up a bit of a triangle of, if you imagine belief at the top, action taking bottom right, um, and reinforcement bottom left. So I had a belief in myself, and I naturally went out and took loads of action. That's what I did. Yeah. That's what I do. I'm an action taker. And I had a certain level of confidence a certain tonality, a certain body language. And when you combine that with a level of action, you're going to get a certain level of results, which then reinforced the beliefs that I could do it. 
and I started off this triangle of belief, action, reinforcement. So I started getting results. Anyone that knows you even a little bit, Sam, can see that triangle. You know, so I, as you were explaining it, I can see it in you. So I got it. You know, and 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 it's very important, and other people need to develop that. So here we are, about eighteen months, maybe a couple of months further down the road. Yes. Things have changed, right? Massively, yeah. Yeah. So what are we doing next, Sam? So when I got the second job in physiotherapy, my goals were to leverage myself out of that role in three to five years. Okay. Right? Yeah. And I went full-time in property as of October last year. So October 2018? Yes. Not a year. Yes, not so one, not even a year. Nine months. It got to a point whereby we were so inundated with people wanting to work with us that we were working evenings and weekends and there had to be a trade-off. We either needed more time, i.e. reduce the hours, or we needed to dilute the product and customer service that we provided. Yeah. And that was never an option, the latter. So I needed more time. And I thought going part-time is going to let me off the hook. Therefore, I decided I was in a position I wanted to go full-time, which I did in October. Interesting. Of 2018, which was last year. Interesting. So I'd like to pick out a couple of the things that you said yes. there. So working part-time, you said you had many, many people that wanted to work with you. Mm. So they wanted to work with you. Were these investors that wanted to buy product? How did you get into selling deals to people? And is that who these people were? Yes. So so we fell into it, really. It was never right. our initial want to be a deal packager it was to acquire single lets for ourselves and grow a portfolio for ourselves yeah so we had two properties going through our limited company we used certain solicitors that took forever and in the meantime i'm very stats driven so we had certain kpis key performance indicators of we need to do certain amount of viewings per week and we're going to do a certain amount of networking events and tell people what we do so again, the relationships that we built, naturally we had deals coming from one side that we couldn't financially cater for ourselves. Yeah. And the other side, we had investors saying, I really like what you're doing there. Could you get one for me? Okay, so I'm going to get you to expand on this because people listening to this who are at the start of the journey yes. are sitting at home or in the car, wherever, and they're thinking, I need to get to that place. I need investors coming to me and saying, can you get one for me, right? And I identify with this, Sam, because it's exactly, exactly mirrors my journey. Mm. I had people like dentists saying to me, mm. oh, those houses you're doing up in Manchester, can you find me an old one, right? And they're all Victorian, right? Mm. They're all old. Mm. So I didn't really know what that meant, uh, other than they wanted cheap, right? So you, you jumped a really crucial little bit from when no one knew who you were and what you were doing, and suddenly you've got a demand from people. So... How would you advise somebody to get from a standing start to that place? Okay, so it's about relationships, and I focused heavily on both offline and online free marketing. Interesting. So online, I never used to post on social media before property, but I decided that I would get out of my own way and start to tell people what I did. So I was just talking about what I was doing. I was getting a property. I was talking about the numbers. I was talking about the refurb. I was trying to relate it to some of the struggles and doubts and feelings that I had because I know people would resonate with that Mm. on social media. Mm. Um, And offline, I was going to property networking events. I was going to business events as well. And I think the key thing 
that I identified was having a 30 to 60 second elevator pitch for want of a better phrase to tell someone what I did but not give them too much because I wanted the next question to be that sounds interesting tell me more well you know where I'm going now don't you what is it (laughs) (laughs) can you remember yeah you you haven't practiced so so for, for me I think and this is just my opinion it's not right wrong good bad it's just my opinion and the way I work I believe that too many people focus on the property and the numbers People, investors that I work with, want the outcome that it gives them. They want the feeling, they want the choice, they want the freedom, they want the financial security. That's just what property will give them. So I go down the line of the end result. So I create financial security for my investors. Nice. It just so happens that at the moment, I do that via property. Nice. So that I can quite see how that would go on as a natural flow in the conversation, how do you do that? So how do you do that? And that opens the door for you to talk about. Exactly. So then that varies depending on who the person is. So we offer a bespoke service. The real value of what we provide is that it is bespoke. So I will sit down with the investor. Number one, I want to find out, can I help you because I can't help everybody? That's number one. If I can help you, what does that look like? What is your outcome? What are your aims? What are your grand goals? And then we would look to reverse engineer that over a period of time. Absolutely the way to do it. That is absolutely textbook fab. And for for listeners out there in uh, property sourcing profits land, where in the UK are you? Because you should be aware, Sam, I haven't shared this with you. I should be in the northeast of England. Right. You're in the northeast of England, because but we've got friends listening to this all over the world. Yes, Martin, yes. we have a listener in Ho Chi Minh City. I don't know if he's listening tonight, but he's in. Yeah, I'm all, I'm thrilled with that. If and you are, hello, and yeah. all sorts of places, yeah. seventy eight countries now. Yeah. So the northeast of England, you said you should be. Oh, I yes. live in Leicester. Okay. My business is in the northeast of England. I didn't know that until you just said. I didn't know you lived in Leicester. I do. Hence your investment property, which we there was an earlier yes, discussion. Yes, right? yes. So uh, for listeners, we are at an event at Progressive Property in Peterborough, and I've just grabbed Sam, and he's graciously uh, allowed me to talk to him for half hour. So yeah, well, Leicester's got a lot of happy memories for me, as you know. Um, so your first investor or your first potential, the first time that you thought someone might buy a deal from you or did what came first? Was it this person's asked me something, I'd better go and find a deal or was it I've made all these contacts and I've got all these deals coming in but I can't buy them all because I've run out of cash mm-hmm. so should we try and monetize them by selling them? How, mm-hmm. how did you get to that point? It's a great question. I've got a story where I learned the hard way on this really and, and there's different ways of doing it and we decided to get the deals before mm-hmm. the investors and it didn't work for us. And the reason why it didn't work, we got two deals. And to this day, they were the best deals I've ever got. <laughs> they were fantastic. And I was so confident I could sell them, I started the conveyancing process on both of them myself. So I paid the 250, 300 quid per property to start this process off. So I'm 600 quid in. Could I sell them? Could I hell sell them? No chance. So. I ended up having to back out of both, which damaged my relationship. So I lost 600 quid. 600 quid. And time. Yeah. And I ended up thinking, well, what can I do? So I started speaking to investors about, I sent this to you and you didn't want to buy it. Why was it? And 
well, it had a red door rather than a blue one, Sam. And it's like, well, okay. And, oh, well, it had two windows on the front rather than three. Okay, fine. So it got me thinking, well, it would give me a lot more certainty on the agent side if I could almost have a shopping list. Yeah. So I started with the investors in mind. So I started going out and looking for investors. I had my portfolio of stuff I was looking at. I was always honest and transparent of the fact that I didn't have these properties. I was looking at them. These are the things that we're looking at. If I could secure it for X, Y, and Z, would it be something you would be interested in? And I then started a qualification process as what I know now then, but I didn't know it was a qualification process at the time. I was just trying to get some certainty to then go and look for deals. So we're very bespoke now and at the moment, I work with anything between five and 10 investors at one time that obviously they cycle depending on their readiness to buy. Yes. But it's very bespoke in that I will get a deal. I'll pick up the phone to two to three people and we'll do a deal on the phone. It's human to human. It's very personal as opposed to sending a deal to a mailing list. And that's not good, bad, right or wrong. It's just what I found worked for me. So I started then to look for investors and go out, tell them what I was doing, what I could possibly get. And I started developing this qualification process of investors. And and can I say, uh, I support what you're doing 100%. It's exactly what worked for me as well. And in my own um, modest little way, it's exactly what I do. And I still do it today. So there are bigger businesses than mine. uh, But... I like to think that all my investors get served in the sense that their financial criteria and what they're looking for is met. And I find that's really, really important. So um, we got you to your first investor, the red door. It all went wrong, right? Now we're doing it slightly different. Can I come forward 18 months? Give us an idea of how how it's grown. What sort of, how many deals are you doing now? What's the frequency? What's the situation in your deal packaging business? Yeah, so so on average, we do five deals a month, something like that, of of varying deals depending on the investor needs because we work with both property investors, both non-property investors, and everybody has different definitions of what a deal is to them. So we do around five deals a month. Last six months, we've, we've averaged at least one deal a week. One a week? Yes. Six, 26 deals, average fee size, roughly? Five grand. Okay. Well, you know, team at home, you can do the arithmetic on that. So it's quite a tidy business you've built now. How, how are you going to... What's your plans going forward? We'll come back to roadblocks and triumphs, okay? But going forward, how are you going to scale it, Sam? Are you going to scale it? Are you going to park it? Are you moving off into other things? Because I find most deal packages start doing it by accident, right? Mm-hmm. I did. Um, I was building my own portfolio, just like you, and you know, just ran out of cash. Um, or if they start as deal packages, they move off into different uh, strategies, and that's great, because they've got transferable skills. Right? So where do you see yourself going in property? Okay. Um, I love deal packaging. Um, I never thought I would, and I love helping my investors achieve their goals and outcomes and, and helping them get to a level of financial security that one. I think that might come from the physiotherapy side of things, that wanting to help and get footballers back on the pitch or, you know, people back into their daily life. It, it, that's what I like doing. And, and there, there, was a, there was a guy recently, an investor I've got at the moment, and his goal was to 
acquire four properties by the end of this year. We've been working together a month and we've got nearly three already. Okay. So getting him to a position, money aside, getting him to that position and when he says, listen Sam, without you, I wouldn't have been able to do that and I'm in a much better position financially, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That is, that sense of achievement is massive for me. Yeah. So I never expected to be a deal packager. I love deal packaging. I want to scale the business, but maintain that intimacy and personal touch to it. So I want to be doing 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 deals a month, but maintain the level of personal ability I have. So I'm very, I go and take action, and I normally leave a bit of a mess behind me. So there's a lot of things that I don't need to be doing. There's a lot of things admin-wise, accountancy-wise, managing calendars, managing emails, things that I don't particularly need to do, which I still do. Mm-hmm. So I think the next stage for us is to get some people on board to help us, which frees me up to go and meet more investors, meet more investors' needs. And I don't see myself relinquishing that role for a long, long time. Um, in the more longer term, I would love to then start acquiring property again for myself. Sure. Yeah. And you must uh, have those days when something comes up on your desk and the numbers are so compelling, you're very tempted to to keep it rather than push it out for a five grand fee, surely. Yes. And, and I think the majority of the deals that we do, um, I want to be in a position to want to buy it. I don't want to give anybody a bad deal that they regret right. because we base our business on uh, one of our key KPR, key measurements is secondary and tertiary referrals, i.e. you do a deal with me, you send your friend. Your friend there then says their friend, then tells me I'm doing something right. So I want to um, do right by people. But yes, there are times where I think that is too good to pass on. But at this stage, I want to improve the business, improve the level of service, and everything I have goes to my investors at the moment. Cool. Um, This is great stuff, by the way. Great stuff for friends out there. So a couple of things you touched on the journey there. Um, Investors, dealing with investors. You talked about the guy, you were getting four together by the end of the year and you're you're on the way there. Okay. How do you qualify? So somebody comes to you like that, Sam, and they might be a referral, but you've not met them before, or they might be new to you or whatever, and I want want four properties by the end of the year. Okay. Um, We've both had that. And sometimes um, it's real and sometimes it's not. How do you, because it's very exciting, especially when someone's not had that before. Wow, I've got four fees coming in here, right? How do you qualify the investor? How do you make sure he's an investor or she's an investor? How do you make sure they can proceed? How, what's the process of finding out exactly what they want? And, and I think we use that term investor quite loosely at times because okay. a lot of people that I initially spoke to were investors, in inverted commas, but turned out to be wannabe investors, essentially, whereby they didn't ever want to pull the trigger, even when things suited their requirements. Um, So I think we all get so, so excited when we get an investor, but the majority of the time, they're not. Um, So that led me to start to improve my qualification process. Initially, we started off with a questionnaire. I used to send investors a questionnaire. Oh, to wow. Yeah. Did, they, did they fill it in? No. 
Well, I was, <laughs> if you, to be honest, if you'd sent me a questionnaire, I wouldn't have filled with it. Oh, exactly, exactly. Say. So yeah. I started <laughs> what off. What were with, the questions? Go on, give us some questions. Uh, oh, what the, I can't even remember the questions. <laughs> how, what, much, how much free cash do you? Yeah, how yeah, much yeah, cash yeah, have you got? Yeah. What what sort of type of property do you want? Would you buy today? You know, name, address, email, for all these different types of things, sure. which I used to send across, which I thought was fantastic. I thought yeah. it was great, yeah. but no one sent it back. Because then they couldn't be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I, I, I'm a real people person and I really want to get on the phone with everybody that I qualify. So I will qualify people Skype, face-to-face or on the phone. Good. And we have a conversation. Um, really, I want to see the whites of their eyes if possible. I'm, st- I'm so pleased you said that because it was in my head as you said, you've got to look them in the eye. You have to. It yeah. can be on Skype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just to go off on a bit of a tangent, I had this conversation yeah. with some guys today. I'm, I believe the best deal packages are the best communicators. The reason I say it is because all we do every day is communicate with people, investors, letting agents, estate agents, surveyors, investors, solicitors yeah all we do is communicate with people yeah. but and people agree with me but then i say how much time do you dedicate to working on your communication skills many of them say nothing at all yeah so i always question them on that and i'm big into my communication okay. and i want to you i want to use all of my abilities to communicate with someone to build rapport build a relationship and help them therefore i want them to see my body language, see the whites of my eyes, hear my tone of voice, and hear the words that I say. Hence, I want to get Skype or face-to-face. Phone call is a minimum. Did you take on any formal training in terms of communication? Because you are, you are a good communicator, a great communicator. So, yeah, I mean, you're communicating with me, right? So they can't see, but you're, you're all in on this, mm. right? I get it because of your body language etc and I've seen you uh, we've been doing some training over the last couple of days for other people having other people on the journey and I've seen the way that you've handled yeah and um, we shared the table yesterday and at one point you know I got a little bit and Stan just stepped in and smoothed the <laughs> way right um, you know sometimes it can be stressful trying to help friends right um, so you're really good at it Sam did you do any formal training or yourself talk no formal training, but when I joined the physiotherapy business I told you about that went big, yeah. my mentor within that had done lots and lots and lots of training. So the main thing that we worked on was communicating with people, and we did lots of scenario-based training. So my caseload as a private physiotherapist was that. I used to see 40 cash-paying people per week, and managing their expectations and managing their head was one of the main skill sets you needed because they all want to be back running marathons in a day or yesterday and we know it's not going to happen. So managing expectations was always something that was drilled into me from a younger age when I was in physiotherapy and I was able to transition that into property and I think a lot of people that we've spoken to today are newer into property and they take for granted the skills that they've learned in their previous lives and they take it for granted like it's normal, it's not. There's so many skills that people have that they can use to the benefit of their property business. So I've done no formal training, but I used to work on it a lot. Interesting, okay. So we've got a man that wants full properties. Yes. You don't really know him. No. You, you sent the form out, he never sent it back. <laughs> no. <laughs> What's the next step, how do you? How do you... So we, we jump on a call, we okay. jump on a call, and it's, it's um, 
I set the tone of the call straight away. So I tell them that the purpose of the call is to find out if I can help you. Because I don't know if I can help everybody, it's not possible. And then I will tell them I'm gonna ask them a series of questions. Some might be a little bit probing. Yeah. Is that okay? Cool. Now, the reason I'm asking you them questions is because I wanna be able to service you to the best of my ability. So I'll ask you a few questions. You can ask me a load of questions. Ultimately, you want to find out if you like me or not and we can work together. Yeah. Is that cool with you? Yes, it's fine. So then I go on to, okay, so tell me a bit about your history. Why property? Have you already got any property? Tell me about that. And then they'll either say, yes, I've already got lots of property. Or I've done lots of education, but I've got no property. Yeah. Or I haven't got a clue about property, but I just know it could get me better returns than what I'm getting in the bank. And ultimately, I'm trying to pry out of them their needs and wants. What are their challenges? What are their problems? Brilliant. Brilliant. This is what we teach, right? Um, this is what you're teaching now. This is the right way to do it. Fab. Fact finding is key. Okay. So let's get to the money shot, right? Mm. The question that friends find difficult to ask. Deal packages offer a service. Mm -hmm. They're entitled to charge for their service, mm. right? So um, you can go through the dance. You can go through the dance. Uh, yes, this person wants property. Yes, you know it's all. At what point do you explain to them in words of one syllable, or do you, that this is a service and you expect to get paid? Clearly, you wouldn't put it in those terms, but that's mm. the message. Mm. I use the words investment in me. Nice. I think it's an invest. It's an investment in me that they're making because they're not only paying for the service; they're paying for the level of trust because. The properties normally, geographically, are a lot of miles away from them. So they're paying for me yeah. to be trustworthy, to be transparent, to be honest. Yeah. To, you know, we're, we're working in property, guys, and and the majority of properties we work with are a hundred years old. Are we going to have challenges? Yes, we're going to have challenges. But investors do not judge you on the challenges that arise. They judge you on how you deal with the challenge. So they're paying me to be honest, transparent, trustworthy, and be an excellent communicator with them. Yes. Right. And I charge for all of that. Um, now, if they want to do it themselves, that's cool. But if you want to do it yourselves, you've got to travel the distance, pay the fuel, stay overnight, pay the food costs, build the relationship that I have with the agents, which is going to take you six months, put in the offers, negotiate the deals, find the trades, manage the trades, find the letting agent, and continue to do your day job. Now, if you think you can do it for less than five grand, then good luck. Mm. And do due diligence on the area. Find the right area. You're not just got these conceptual figures on a bit of paper. I'm doing it in real life. So they pay for all of that process. I manage the yes. conveyancing, I manage the broker. Yeah. It is hands-free, I hold their hand through the whole process. So I think I should charge more. I should charge more than what I do. They're this getting is, an absolute steal. This is fab, absolutely right, and I agree with every word. So the full property guy, right, you, you've built the relationship, he, he knows what you do, you've looked him in the eye or on Skype, right? He wants four properties, Sam. What's the process of finding out if he's got the money? Yeah, so when we get towards the end of our conversation, normally it takes about an hour, yep. my qualification process, and it's, it's not a question one. It's a conversation. We talk around things, you know, and we get to the end of the conversation, and sometimes there's great news, and the great news is I can help you. 
sometimes there's not so great news and I can't help you, Indeed. which is not great. Okay. Um, and that could be for a number of reasons. I might say, I'm not the man for the job, but I know somebody who is, and I'll pass them on to somebody else. But the mistake I made at the start, I said yes to everybody. Well, we do. Yeah. Because so, we're so excited at the exactly, prospect of doing exactly, the deal and getting paid. Exactly. Right. So people used to ask me for a, I want a house for 20 pence, I want a unicorn in the garden, I want everything. And I was like, yes, I'll find you that. And I couldn't sure. find that. No, no. So there's power in saying no. So we get to a point whereby the great news is, I believe I can help you. Now, as part of our processes, we want to work with serious investors. I know from our conversation that you are a serious investor. Therefore, send across ID and proof of funds Excellent. to me yeah. for our processes. Yeah. And then we've got a couple of deals that are bubbling under there at the moment. I'm going to be in contact with you over the next few days, maybe a week. And we're going to have a bit of a catch up. We'll see where we're at. And fingers crossed I can present you something that's going to fit your requirements. Excellent. Okay, so you've covered it off. They're going to send proof of funds. So these are little tests that you're giving the investor because mm -hmm. if nothing comes, then clearly something's wrong. Yes. And if it comes in like a bullet, you know there's something right. I recently had um, a lovely man contacted me, wanted to work with us. And um, part of our process, and I think it's your process too, is eventually we have to meet on patch, right? Because we're selling houses here. These are big value items. I want, mm -hmm. anyone buys a house, I want them to see the house. It's, it's, it's not a chocolate bar we're selling, right? Mm -hmm. So he was coming on patch, not to see a specific house, but to meet the team, see how we roll, have a look at us. Of course, he may not have picked up that part of the process, we were having a look at him as well. Because mm. you know we've, we've reached a stage where, and I'll come back to you on this, Sam, um, not every investor for us is an investor, okay? So there is a, um, we only work with people we want to work with. But it, it is, this was a lovely guy, right? And the night before he was due to come up, I saw an email ping up and I thought, oh, really? I've, I've organised it all right. Yeah. Open it up. No, no, not at all. He's coming. Uh, oh, and I thought, David, you might need this, so I sent it anyway. And he sent a bank statement with 270 grand on it as proof of fund. I didn't even ask it, right? So real investors, real property people understand. And, and it's not a problem. So um, sometimes in the training room, I get the question... Do people really send you proof of funds, David? Yes, they do. You know, especially if we're compliant, we're required to get that sort of thing. All those boxes ticked. Um, so that's really, really important. Um, so now you've got a qualified investor and you're going out and finding the deal to meet their criteria. What are the roadblocks there? Because in my experience, Sometimes you can't find, you, you want to do the best for your investor mm -hmm. and you can't find something that's quite right. Mm -hmm. And how do you manage that with the investor? How, how do you communicate that? I think it's just being open and transparent and talking about what the market is like at this time. Um, and this particular investor um, had no property at the time. So we're looking at getting the first one under your belt. And I think that's a really important stage to get the first one under your belt because it opens up so many different doors. You become more favorable to lenders, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the first one that I presented maybe didn't meet his criteria, but there were certain pros to it as well. Yeah, yeah. There's pros and cons. It's about yeah. weighing that up and yeah. giving them enough information to make an informed decision. But sometimes people need to take a leap of faith. You're going to get 80% of the way there with your due diligence, but ultimately you're going to have to take a leap of faith. Um, 
and have trust in the person, trust in that property. So we do face challenges and sometimes I will present a deal to an investor which I believe meets every criteria they have and they say no. Some people would say, oh, they're a time waster, they're a tire kicker. But typically I take that as an opportunity to build further rapport. So we then meet, Skype, call, and I will say, Mr. Investor, I put this deal in front of you, you said no. That's absolutely fine. It's an opportunity for me because I might have got confused. Something might have been lost in translation when we had the conversation before. I thought you wanted X, Y, and Z, and you want A, B, and C. So let's nail it down. So we go through the process again. Mm. Okay, and we get commitments along the way. So Mr. Investor, if I go and get you, so we're clear, if I get you A, B, and C, are you going to buy from me? And then I'll look at their body language, I'll look at their tone of voice, I'll look at what they say. And if the answer's, mm, yeah, maybe, okay, fine, well, that's a no. So, so <laughs> okay. what do we need to do to yeah. get you to a point of pulling that trigger? Because what I don't want to do is go and speak to my agents who I've got great relationships with and damage that because I'm securing stuff that you don't want. Absolutely. And they've you got to appreciate yeah. them relationships as well. Yeah. So what do we need to do to get you to a point whereby not only financially you're ready, which we know you already are, yeah. but mentally you're ready to go. What do we need to do? Very interesting, that. And I, I recognise it in my own business. Uh, for instance, very recently, uh, we're speaking in July 2019. Right. I met this gentleman in July 2018, and he told me he wanted to invest. And we had very positive conversations. It took a year for him to actually make that step. Now, I believed in him the whole time, and there were personal reasons in his life why he didn't move forward at that time, but you know, it took a year. And just today, before we recorded this, an email from him, his first one's up and running, he'd like to buy another one, right? So I could easily, around Christmas time, knocked him off my Christmas card list and said no (laughs) this ain't gonna happen right Uh, but you know it it was a gut feeling because in some people I do so some people um, you're never gonna get over that line and at the risk of making a mistake and not getting a deal done and not getting a fee sometimes I make a judgment that I don't want to work with this person yes and sometimes it's for the way they've conducted the process Mm -hmm. or sometimes it's a gut feeling sometimes we've all worked with investors who are quite needy Sam have you got any of them how do you deal with them yes yes I I have got investors that are needy Um, and I think it's a learning curve when you first start you want every investor you possibly can but as you start to grow you become become more selective on who you do and don't work with Um, and I have investors that are needy I have investors that that want to knock my fee down Oh, yeah. and, and as That's soon as that happens, favorite. it's a recipe for disaster because I'm too expensive, the solicitor's too expensive, the refurb's too expensive, and we've gone 20p over, they're not happy. And it's like, listen, maybe I'm just not for you at this stage. Yeah, yeah. Right? I provide a quality service. Yeah. If you want something cheaper, fine, go somewhere else. Yeah. And invariably, I speak to these people in six months' time when they've still not done a deal, and then they come back to me. So sometimes saying no is so powerful in that... It gives the impression that, well, I'm not desperate for your money, Mr. Investor. I'm not desperate to work with you. Maybe I'm not the right man for you. So then they come back in six months' time and say, listen, Sam, I've been around, I've spoken to other people. 
I want to come back and I want to work with you and I'm ready to go. I'm in a position to move mentally. Mm. Um, so yes, the needy investors, I think we just need to be open, honest and transparent about where we're at. I lay out in our initial conversations how and when I will communicate with them and I make them agree verbally to, does that suit you? Yes. Okay, great. We've had the conversation now. No one's backed into a corner further down the line if they're too needy or they're not managing my expectations very well, I can refer back to Mr. Investor, remember the first conversation we had? I said to you, we would do X, Y, and Z. Now, you're doing A, B, and C, which doesn't align with what we said. Mm. So what, what's gone wrong? Mm. What's been lost in translation? Because I want to work for both of us. What do we need to do moving forwards? Yeah, very wise. And um, we have to accept that people are different. So sometimes... I've had to stop myself because I'm, I'm working with someone who I perceive as needy, but they're not actually needy. They're just very, very micromanaging, right? They have to see everything. So we have investors who come and buy a deal and they're not interested until they pick the keys up and it's finished, right? But then we have other investors, and I've got this particular investor in my head, who needs uh, to be consulted on every detail. Mm. A drove out builder mad, and that builder's a nice guy. But they drove him mad about this and that and the shade of the, uh, that, this and that, whatever. And it culminated one day, the builder phoned me, and it was right at the end of the job. And he said, we're tidying up, we're putting everything together, David. I'm just installing the toilet roll. Do you know if the investor wants paper to come over or under? <laughs> <laughs> so, and I, I felt his pain, you know. Did I you did, ring the investor and ask? Yeah, well, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a good joke, right? Uh, so I did. Yeah, they got it. Um, so I think communication is the key. I think the difference between a time waster and just somebody who needs reassurance and wants to be involved, um, from our perspective, maybe overly involved, right, is communication. My, my rule is set. If they pick the phone up when I ring, yeah, within reasonable parameters, that's cool. Right? Yeah. It's when they go quiet that I think there's a problem. Anytime there's a change in behavior, I start to worry. So like you said, they're picking up the phone, they're picking up the phone, all of a sudden now they don't pick up the phone. Yep. Don't text you back. Yep. That's a concern for me because there's been a shift in behavior. What's happened? Yep. What's gone wrong? Yeah. Um, and I think you made a vital point of the, the perception and people's definitions of different terms. You know, my definition of needy and yours might be totally different. Yeah. And similar with an investor. So when we're talking about certain terms, you did a great podcast before about return on capital employed and ROI and yeah. people's different definitions of these terms and people's different ways of calculating these definitions. I think it's really important that when I say something to somebody that may be lost in translation, I say, listen, let me just clarify what I mean by the term that I'm using. So you're clear. Cool. Fact. Look, there's, there's gold in here, Sam. This is, we've sort of wandered through the process of closing <laughs> yes. a deal, yes. right? Well, you know, we just do this stuff yeah. live. I mean, we're sitting there having a chat. Now, yeah. if anyone's seen us, and see how it rolled. So there's no agenda to this. Um, Sam, I want to say thank you. Thank you so much thank for you. doing this because I think we've served our listeners so so well. There there are nuggets in here, and I know we sort of meandered through the process. It was nice, though, wasn't it? Well, it's no problem. It's only yeah. you and me, right? A little wonder. Um, maybe we'll do it again. Maybe we'll pick up on another occasion aspects that we haven't dealt with today okay. and give everyone the picture. But can I say how impressed I've been? at your journey uh you know i was around although you know we didn't really interact 
I saw you start, right? Mm. And I've watched you through social media and build your profile and build your business uh, and build your um, credibility and image in the industry. And, and you're in a special place. So I want to congratulate you. Thank you. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us this afternoon. And um, people out there in property sourcing profit land, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Do what Sam says, write it all down, follow his processes, you're going to sell all of them. It's going to be great. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.